This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we, we? explore... <laughs> Every day is Thursday for you, isn't it? Uh, like a one-man band over there. <laughs> we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Let's get into some of our topics. And we got to, oh my goodness, we got to start with the NBA playoffs. Did anybody get a chance to see the Toronto game where the Raptors' Kawhi Leonard did this? It's off to Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? This was game seven. Final score. They were tied. Raptors, Sixers. Raptors and Sixers. 90-90 all. About four seconds left. And then Kawhi Leonard does that. My Well, you goodness. have to tell like what made it so special is not only, you know, driving to the right, Joel Embiid, seven footer coming out on you, so a high arcing shot hits the front of the rim. And you're like, <laughs> oh, it's not gonna go in. Wait. Hits the other side of the rim. Way <laughs> comes down, hits the rim again. Way, <laughs> and if you get a chance, if you're listening to this, you get a chance to hit the internet and see some of the still shots of the crowd. Oh yes, that's I love those. That's really fun because one person knew before anybody else that ball was going down, and it was Ben Simmons. You could <laughs> you could see the disappointment on his face, and I know we don't always talk X's and O's, but since Evan and I were doing this, let's do it. So Ben Simmons was guarding Kawhi on the inbound. And I understand switches and there's somebody at the top of the screen, but at some point when there's not a lot of time left, I'll take my chances with doubling right. and like making a passing quick shot. Ben Simmons literally did nothing. Yeah, you're right. If you watch the replay, he is standing there. He sort of passes along, lets the hands over Kawhi to Joel Embiid, who steps out just fine, good defense, hand up, everything. But like Ben Simmons isn't guarding the guy at the top of the key, and he isn't doing anything to make it difficult for Kawhi Leonard either. He's just standing there. Can't happen. But boy, it was a great... That's never happened before in the NBA playoffs, a Game 7 buzzer beater, especially one like that. That's never happened it's in never the been NBA playoffs? A Game, a playoff game 7 buzzer beater to eliminate the other team. Wow. Uh, that, it's, it's never been done before. That's Are you sure? Really? I, I'm serious. It's, is this I, one of those like number of the week, 60 minus something doesn't equal something else? Game Now, remember now, I know Michael Jordan did it, but that wasn't a game seven, was it? Well, I'm just trying. Listen, I, I covered the NBA for a long time. I don't remember all the buzzer beaters I've seen, but I, I find it hard to believe it's never been a game seven buzzer beater. Maybe not. You may be right. I, I, if, if anybody says, Barr, you're stupid. Just at, tweet big on bars, at Big Bar at, Sports. At big tweet bar sports. at Big Bar yeah, Sports. Tweet that in. <laughs> so I was going to say, even before I knew that that was the, the first time ever, this is kind of a dream come true for the NBA, right? It, it lives and dies for these, you know, these really dramatic game-ending moments. I still we, think they'd rather have the Sixers than the Raptors. I think I, I would agree with you, but these events in general feel like exactly what 
NBA and its like incredible social media prowess are, are built on. Right? Last two minutes. We had a, a pretty iconic buzzer beater series clinching one earlier in the playoffs when Dame Lillard eliminated the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. This one, even more dramatic, as you said, Barr, it's a game seven. It might be the only time that's ever happened in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> might be. Um, but, you know, j- just to continue going through the playoffs and having these moments, these crazy buzzer beaters, whether they're, you know, 35 footers or they bounce around the rim eight times before they drop in. This is the kind of drama that the NBA really needs to kind of continue interest. In, I love in the, the business side of it all. And this is my mind right away goes to friend of the program, Scott O'Neill. Like, you're knowing what the plan is and the process and to take that next step to the conference finals against Giannis and the Bucks, and everything that would mean for your franchise and for the league. And I know he's probably heartbroken, but no one's got it. He's probably already working on next year. <laughs> and then yes. you take it from the Toronto standpoint, where you know took a chance to getting Kawhi. Will you keep him? I don't want to be there. Who knows? But like for what that means for the Raptors and their fan base. Um, lots of business implications. All around. Yeah, looking at the four teams we have left, we have you know the team the NBA needed to get this far, Golden the Golden State Warriors, yeah. uh, the, the dynasty, and then you have three, I would say, totally new faces at this yeah. point, right? You the Portland Trailblazers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and 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 the and the if you Toronto haven't seen and, and this is what they need because if you haven't seen Dame Lillard play, Damian Lillard is a heck of a player. Yeah, oh well, yeah. You know Kawhi he was always that understated San Antonio spur, easy to get lost. But you've got some really good, fun new players to watch. And, and speaking the, the of the Gasol Bowl in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals, right? Powell oh, yeah. versus Mark. Well, Powell's out. Powell's out for the year. So, oh, he is. I didn't yeah, Powell's injured out for the year. Speaking well, of which, the Curry your, uh, brothers though are now playing. Yeah. Speaking, but speaking of injury, I mean, let, let's not undersell this, Kevin Durant. As somebody, Evan, as you know, who I mean, Bar almost a year ago when I hurt my calf playing with NYCFC, not in a game but in practice. I was practicing with NYCFC trying to show off what I could do, and I went to push it. My calf just was like. You know, that was it. Uh, what, two weeks ago? I mean, this is a long time ago that that injury happened. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I went to sort of like run across the street to beat a, a red light in a cab, and my calf warned me, you don't want to do that. That's... I mean, I don't, I mean I, trying to be a professional now, like Kevin Durant trying to come back from a strained calf, that hurts. I just don't know if he's going to be able to play. Realistically, tissues, yeah. realistically, if I told you right now, Kevin Durant won't play another game in this playoffs. Could they win? The Warriors are st- still have to be the favorite, right? Well, they have won the championship be. without him. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, t- to me, I, I want. I mean, I think so much about how the entire regular season, even parts of the postseason, feel like inevitabilities, right? That even if the best pl- possible, the best player in basketball goes down, this team is still so good that it might not even matter. They still in terms have a core four, but but I got to say, they rely heavily on Durant or have. And it certainly gives hope to everybody else. And by the way, I got to add, the Trailblazers-Nuggets matchup, that was also a Game 7. And that was a good Game 7 also. I mean, so you had drama all around. Well, we all, by the way, again, sports business. Paul Allen's estate now owns the Trailblazers. We don't know what they're going to do with this franchise. Make a nice run. Hmm. And now might be a good time to sell. Team on the up. What? Imagine if they beat the Warriors, go to the NBA Finals. Quick for sale sign out there yeah. on the Portland Trailblazers. Actually, you could sell it right now. You could. You yeah. could. Speaking of the NBA, we have, uh, and we're going to move on to uh, not only the NBA, but the MLB. And there is a gambling data story. Let me set it up real quick. There's a new reality that is setting in for U.S. sports books. Some will lose access to official NBA data in the coming days, right in the middle of the playoffs. What? Yeah, I, I won't get too much into the weeds because you can go very inside uh, inside sports gambling here. But uh, we've talked a bit on this show about 
kind of the underlying data that fuels a lot of the most popular kinds of sports gambling out there, the live in-play games. Uh, and usually this is data that comes directly from sports leagues, right? So when Kawhi Leonard hits a 25-foot jump shot, right, the NBA calculate, puts that down in its official data feed, and in less than a second it goes out to all the sports books out there. So if you gambled on Kawhi Leonard to score the next basket, you know, they, they fill that bet. Um, the NBA and MLB are both kind of taking a new business track in terms of that, that official data as we get more and more states coming online in the U.S. And the way that's going to manifest itself is they're demanding that sports books partner with them, commercial partnerships that are, that are actually fairly expensive if you ask operators, commercial partnerships that, that they have to sign with the league before they get access to that data. Um, and this kind of comes as we've talked about integrity fees as well, which is a cut of sports gambling uh, bets that, that leagues are trying to get forced through legislatures. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, there's, it's a tricky time right now in the relationship between these leagues and these operators when it comes to sports betting. And we had talked about when NASCAR did its data deal yep. with Genius, we were saying, well, I see that as more valuable because you're really the only place to get the data that NASCAR is giving you from the cars is from NASCAR Agreed. itself. Whereas, as we've seen in soccer and other sports, the courtsiders, people try and steal the data. You have people in the stadiums trying to see who scored, who uh, trying to steal the data. Obviously, much easier and probably more accurate if it's coming directly from the league. So it's going to a real test of the value of that official exactly, data. Exactly, yeah. And, and as you said, Michael, th this is news right now, especially in the NBA, because for the most for this entire regular season and parts of the playoffs, the NBA has been telling operators, hey, you're in a grace period right now where you can get this data without partnering with us first. At some point, that grace period is going to end, and the grace period is ending. Yes. By the end of this week, operators that do not have that commercial deal in place with the NBA will not be able to partner to get that data. Funny how uh, that grace period ends right as the most yeah. important uh, the, uh, all eyeballs on our season. The timing is coming. nice for the NBA and the MLB. Their grace period ends at the All-Star break in the middle of their regular season uh, in the middle of July. Um, but, you know, as you said, Scott, as well, we're going to see immediately in, in the next, you know, probably couple days, how many of these operators that are going to sign up to partner with the NBA. There's already three of them. There's already MGM, there's Stars Group, there's FanDuel. Uh, how many more are we going to see do this partnership, or how many are we going to see go the unofficial data route? And Barr, Twitter poll for you, if we may. Yeah. Is it data, according to Mr. Barr, or is it data, Ooh. according to Mr. Novi Williams? Mm. We have data versus data. I'm a data guy. I'm on your side, Evan. Okay. I, I'm a data guy. I know. I'm a, and it's, it's like <laughs> there's tomato and tomato. One of those is right, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> I want to see a Twitter poll. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to put that on Twitter. That's, I'm gonna I, put that's that on Twitter. kind of what I was saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, by the way. <laughs> that's what I was implying. I, I, I wasn't even implying it. I kind of said it. <laughs> way to go, Barr. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on. As soon as we're done, I'm going to put it on, on right now. So On the Instasnap. Yes. Now, by the way, I should add this, too. It sounds like the NBA and MLB are saying, listen, <laughs> Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? And these guys are just taking the milk for free. So are these sports entities ready to set up their own kind of, well, how can I say it, their own data setup? Ooh, I mean, I, I would be shocked if in the near term we see any of these leagues become sports books. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, the, the regulatory process is so demanding. It's a process that people do not want to go through, especially if you're a, an entity like the NBA. You, you don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be in that business if you're a league. Then suddenly you have money riding on the outcome of games and 
You, you don't want to be in that business. Money riding on the outcome of games, and then suddenly, you know, you have NBA fans out there who are who are looking at their balance, seeing that they're losing money to the NBA specifically. There's a number of reasons out there why I don't think the NBA is gonna is gonna become a book anytime soon. But as we're seeing, there is a plenty and plenty of different ways in which the NBA is going to profit off this. I prefer to lose money the old-fashioned way. I left my wallet on the kitchen counter yesterday. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Kim went out. Bought a pack of Twizzlers, two two chocolate bars frozen in the uh, in the freezer. Just took my money and went and got it. <laughs> no, remember, another test to see if she listens to the show. It's our money. Remember yeah, well, that? Cl- yes, clearly, it, it is our money, but it's not our Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along <laughs> before you sleep on the couch. Uh, Kyler Murray signed a big old rookie deal. The Arizona Cardinals have signed Murray in time for their rookie minicap. Arizona signed the number one overall draft pick to a four-year contract last week worth touching $35 million with a team option for a fifth. And it includes a signing bonus of more than $23 million. More money than you would have made if he was a baseball player now. Way more money. However, if you look at the long term of a career and a star in the NFL versus a star in Major League Baseball, you take the pick where would you want your kid playing well of course i would want baseball because there's more money in baseball and it's a longer lifespan for the player well there's only more money if he becomes a bona fide star and is still a star when he's 29 or, or 30 it takes right? a while I mean, to get there yeah this, this well, most I think, teams will lock you up earlier than that we've seen that that's sort of the trend I yeah, think there's a compromise this kyler murray's 21 and he just signed this deal as you said michael 35 million dollars all guaranteed um bryce harper who was way bigger touted prospect yeah. in baseball than Kyler Murray ever was, didn't hit the $30 million mark until the end of 2017. That's seven years after he was drafted. What is um, it? What did he hit now? It, I mean, it's, it's big. <laughs> yeah, of course. And this is, this is the argument, right? right. Um, certainly, if, if Kyler Murray were to be Bryce Harper in baseball, over the course of his entire career, Bryce Harper is going to make much yes. more than Kyler Murray will. But... It's, it would take, even at Bryce Harper's rocket ship trajectory, it would take him seven years just yeah. to reach the rookie deal he That's signed how baseball has yesterday. Yeah, baseball has a good NFL. setup with his players, yeah. It Absolutely. Take, it takes a while. You better be a darn good player under that third contract. Sure, yeah. And one other thing about Kyler Murray real quick, um, just a reminder that the, the news, the CBA that, base, that, that football is under right now just severely undercut what rookies were making versus what they were under the previous deal. Back in 2010, Sam Bradford signed a six-year deal as the number one overall pick for $78 million with thirty with $50 million in guarantees. Right, So $78 million is significantly more than double the deal that Kyler Murray, 10 years later, got with being I the number one overall pick. I haven't done the math throughout his career. we got to check somebody who has. But Sam Bradford is one of those guys who was the consistent winners in the business of football. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, the, 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 the had to play, the injury versus the amount of money that this guy has taken in, he's doing it the right way. He's a winner in the business of football. And we are a couple years away from likely having a, a new CBA. And, and I've talked to a number of economists who believe that as we saw under the last one where, you know, rookies were, were a big loser in this new round of talks, we could enter another phase in which rookies are again a big loser. And let us explain why, because the rookies are not members of the union when these things are negotiated. So if I'm an established NFL player and there's something I need to give up to the league, should I sell myself out, the veterans who are part of the union who want to keep their jobs, 
who's the easiest constituency to sell out? The voiceless the, one. The folks who are not <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it happens repeatedly. Yeah. So in two years from now, when we're talking about number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson uh, and him signing a $22 million guaranteed deal, uh, and then we're comparing that to Kyler Murray's 35, uh, that will be the reason why is because in, in, in the CBA, this next new round of collective bargaining negotiations, uh, rookies once again got their pay, their pay scale whacked. I have to ask you, out of the four major food groups, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, which one has the most, uh, the best odds, and not in a good way, of a labor dispute and possibly uh, a shutdown? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, w- I would say hockey, just because they yeah. have, they, they've shown a history of labor stoppages. Yeah, the NBA, I would say maybe least likely. And the least, mo- there's the least money there. Yeah, and, and there's and, so much money. Every owner, you couldn't, you couldn't poll if you polled all the NFL owners right now. I would doubt highly if you could find one that would would say, yeah, let's shut down the season. Things are not good for my franchise. <laughs> Same goes for the NBA. Yeah. You have a hard time finding somebody right now. I don't want, no, 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 let's shut it down. We need better. They'll have some internal revenue sharing discussions, but not enough to shut it down. Um, hockey, I'm not sure you can say the same thing. You may have some who say, yeah, we're better off not playing. I think baseball also has a pretty darn good shot. I mean, there, there's we've talked about it on the show many times. There, There is a lot of frustration right now for baseball players who feel as though, and I, kind of as we just talked about with, with Bryce Harper, that early in their career, you know, all the power and, and the negotiating and the, and the lack of money that they're making, that all kind of feeds into benefit of the owners. And now we're seeing owners that might be shifting the way they are, how much they're willing to pay for the back end of guys' careers. So there is certainly a lot of frustration uh, in MLB locker rooms right now, um, and, and that will manifest itself in trying to get a new structure in some capacity under the next deal. Once again, the Boston Red Sox who are doing it better than anybody else. You turn 35. Adios. Don't want you. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's cutthroat, but that's just the way I it is. I think Mike Lowell was the last, was it Mike Lowell, the last person that they, at that age, where they said, all right, we'll give you a shot? That didn't work out. That didn't so work well. out. Didn't work out. It's so interesting. Well. Yeah, but the the entire baseball pay scale is built on the fact that teams are willing right? to pay for thirty five year olds. So right. more as more, more teams see, yeah, see that, that maybe the that's not there. the best investment as the analytics are t- of age are taking over. You know, you got, you got to have to rework the deals. Absolutely. By the way, did anybody get a chance to uh, see some soccer over the weekend? Over the weekend, no. Yeah. I did not get to see any soccer. Last week, I saw some pretty darn good soccer. Yeah, speaking of, actually, Champions, the, League. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Champions League. I uh, I made a mistake on uh, one of our shows last week. Uh, I was reading the list too quickly and said that it looked like Liverpool had not won a Champions League uh, since 1981. Uh, they did win in 1981, but they also uh, won in 1984 uh, and in 2005. So uh, I uh, poly- uh, apologize this one, for Evan shall walk alone. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Thank you to uh, to Jay and Mark and a few other folks who, uh, who pointed it out to us. Uh, and Best of luck to the Reds in that Champions League final oh, in Madrid. Look at, look at you. Look at you siding with the Reds. I, I didn't know we were supposed to do that. I thought we weren't supposed to root luck. in the uh, press box, th- man. Best of luck to Tottenham as well. There you against go. Against no. Liverpool. Hot take Hotspur. Right. <laughs> and go Tigers. Oh, is it my turn to say, we are here each and every Monday. Wait a minute. What, wait a minute. What? You do something before me? Nice. Yeah, hold on. Oh, you got this. This is yeah. the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. Hold on. Yeah. People know that. They're listening to this it. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along. You know who Scott Soschnick is and Evan Novi Williams. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Amy Latimer. 
She's president of the TD Garden, home of the uh, Eastern Conference finalists. Would have been Boston fun if the Celtics Bruins. were in two to have two teams going in the same building. Also home of the Celtics. But who you know are what? I, I want to right say now. to her, okay, how does that work? We're going to find out. How does it work when you hold dates and now what concerts can you bring in? Do we get the tractor pull? Yeah, just just shuffling that schedule. That, that'd be, I'm really interested to chat with it. That really is painful on the parquet floor, man. That tractor pull. Oh, uh, you're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, and online, where you get your podcasts.